Welcome to Catholic Leadership for Civil Society, an intentional community of Catholic leaders. This is a space about Catholic leadership, but not for the parish or the diocese. This is Catholic leadership for the world. Stay with us and allow us to share with you a vision handed to us by the Second Vatican Council to help advance the mission of the church. It all boils down to one idea, engaging society as civic leaders. My name is Christopher Pereira. I'm your host. My co-host, Erin Monning, is also in the room. Erin? Hi. Sorry about that. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> um, hello, everyone, and welcome. We're so excited to have you all with us this morning. Um, before we start, please take the time now to ping five people, five Catholic professionals that you know and follow in Clubhouse. When you do this, not only will they be invited to join the room, but their friends will be notified and attracted to the room as well. Absolutely. And has everybody noticed that now we can message each other through Clubhouse. They just added this uh, private messaging feature, which I think is amazing. It'll, it'll certainly help us continue, carry on the conversation. Let me tell you a little bit about the image of the week and the topic of today's uh, um, conversation is, of course, work-life balance. And it's so important for leaders. And, and this is what this room and this space is all about, Catholic leadership for civil society. And uh, today we focus on work-life balance, and, and it's so important for us as leaders to uh, strive to have, and you know, it might be, it might just be that our whole lives will struggle to attain that ideal work-life balance. I certainly know of some people that have it, and I, I know that at, at points in my life I have had it. I can't say that this is the highlight of my work-life balance, uh, the time I'm living right now, but I certainly strive for it. And so what I say is, it might just be, you know, we need to we need to have a mature understanding of these things that we aspire to. You know, it doesn't necessarily mean that because this is a good and it's something that we should aspire to, that, it, that we will ever get there fully, that we would ever say, okay, I have arrived at this place where I finally have a perpetual state of work-life balance. Not necessarily. Some people might have it for a long time throughout their lives, but I, I doubt that anybody will have it continuously throughout their lives. So we, we must simply strive to have it. And for several reasons, and that's some of what we will discuss today, but that's the topic of the day work-life balance. And of course, we have already shared the image of the week. And if you follow us on here on Clubhouse, both uh, Aaron and I, we have a link to our Telegram group right on our bios. So if you go to our bios now, you can join our Telegram group. And most importantly, you can watch, you can see, I'm sorry, the image of the week. Every week we share an image, a beautiful image. Typically, I, I, I choose this and try to... Uh, to find some piece of uh, sacred art, which is uh, so inspiring uh, to me personally. But what we have today uh, as the image of the week for our discussion is uh, Jean-Francois Millet's The Angelus. Have you ever seen this this, uh, this painting, The Angelus? It's, it's such a beautiful painting of a uh, uh, working couple, working men and, and woman, you can assume that maybe they are a married couple and they're working together. Maybe they're working the family farm together. You can see, you can see it, the way they are dressed uh, and their tools. And they're in the middle of 
perhaps harvesting uh, what it looks like uh, potatoes. <laughs> it could possibly be potatoes. They're in the midst of a field working hard. And of course, the painting is called the Angelus because this couple, which understand that they must work for a living, is able to stop in the middle of the day to pray the Angelus. And what you see uh, at the distance in the back, I believe to be a, or at least I want to see as a church. And they're hearing the bells and they're reminded that it's the middle of the day and they're stopping. They're just simply uh, pausing their work, their agitated life, their, 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 their hard work. And they're stopping to contemplate God, to praise God, to adore God, just simply to pray. And this is why I think this image is so fitting for today's discussion. Also, uh, this morning, I, I thought I invited every, everybody that follows, that has joined our Telegram group, to share an image of your own family, because I think that is a great inspiration for our discussion again. And I shared my, my own. If you're part of our Telegram group, you can go there now. You can see it. I shared a, a photo of my family when uh, we were visiting the Pereiras were visiting uh, Machu Picchu in Peru. And I don't know if I, I have shared that with you, but that's where I am from originally. I'm from Peru. I have been to Machu Picchu a couple of times. But this was the first time I ever took my family to Machu Picchu. Uh, there's my wife, Carla, and the children, Jocelyn, Brandon, Yamarco, Valeria. And we just had an amazing time in Machu Picchu, Peru. And I just love that photo. But looking at that photo, it's a good reminder to me of where my priorities must be in life and how work-life balance must be something that I should always strive for. And in a minute, I want to hear from Erin who posted a beautiful, just beautiful photo of her and her family. And uh, and Erin, uh, um, you can see, if you look at the photo now, you can see Erin is expecting, it's, it's beautiful. I'll let her tell you about the photo. But that's the topic of the day, work-life balance, keeping mind what our priorities in life are, God, family, and work. Let's think about these three. What is the place that each of them should take? And does our, our, life, our life, do our lives actually reflect that set of priorities that we very well understand that should, each of us should have? Erin, would you please tell us about your photo? Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Christopher. Yeah, so... Um I, right before, <laughs> Christopher posted this like five minutes before our room, but I was excited because this is an opportunity for um, all of us to share our uh, our family with one another and, and show, you know, these are the most important people um, in our lives. So thank you, Christopher, for that opportunity. Um, yeah, the, the photo I posted is um, just honestly, I think it was like a month ago, um, my husband and I were visiting his family in Ohio and um, I'm probably about 17 or 18 weeks pregnant there. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's a good reminder of, of why, why we do what we do and, and why we strive so much for, for sainthood and for bringing those, th those most important people in our lives with us on this journey. Um, it's a, it's a great reminder of purpose. It's a great reminder of blessings and all of the love and the abundance that God has given us. So yeah, I, I'm grateful for this opportunity, um, that Christopher presented in our group. And I hope the rest of you will join us in, um, in sharing a picture of your families as well. 
Um, it's just, it's such a beautiful opportunity for us to reflect on, on the beauty of this life and, of course, the people that God has uh, purposefully placed within our lives. So, um, so grateful for that opportunity. And, and of course, family is um, one of the three priorities that Christopher just listed as to why work-life balance and and specifically God being a part of that is so important. Um, you know, the, the Lord asks us um, for, for many things throughout our lives, but of course He asks us to serve Him in whatever ways that looks through that that's through our work and through our family and through our relationships and the other communities and uh, things that we are a part of um, in our daily lives. Um, and we're here for a purpose, and but we're not asked to, to slave away. We're not asked to fill every single second of every single day with with these things that may or may not be what the Lord is calling us to, but even if He do, is calling us to certain things, He does not. He does not ask us to, um, for lack of a better term, like overdo it. <laughs> he He calls us. He He gives us twenty four hours in every day, and He calls us to use those hours to the best of our ability, but also to rest and to find a balance between all of the aspects of our lives. Um, so I'm really excited for this discussion today. I know Christopher, you mentioned that maybe right now in your in this time of your life, it's not the highlight or the peak of of practicing work life balance. And boy, can I say the same. Um, it was so funny when I realized this was going to be our topic for this week. I was like, oh my gosh, I am not the uh, not an example of of this currently speaking, but. Um, we're always striving, and, and that's one of the things that hopefully um, we'll be able to talk about today, but um, we're not called to be perfect. You know, we're, we're called to be what, what God's idea of perfection is for, for living out our lives in, in accordance with His will, but we're not called to literally be perfect in everything we do in the sense of we can't make a mistake, or we can't fail, or we can't... Um, falter in any way, shape, or form. No, that's part of life. But what we are called to is excellence. And that is very different than perfectionism. And excellence can look uh, a lot of different ways depending on what the thing is that we're talking about. But excellence in a nutshell is is striving for that goodness, striving for that that success, um, that success in the way that the Lord sees it, um, perhaps not the way the world sees it. Um, but excellence is is striving for for goodness and truth and beauty in the things that we do. And you know, we're going to fail. We're going to falter. We may not do exactly the things that we set out to do, but if we are striving for that excellence in those aspects of our, in all of the aspects of our lives, that's what we are called to. So that's something that I majorly struggle with because I unfortunately am a perfectionist and I think a lot of us, um, are or have those instances in which we are. Um, and I know that has a lot to do with um, work-life balance and specifically our relationship with God. We, we want to be able to do it all. We want to be able to have it all. We want to, but we want to not get burned out and still have time for rest and relaxation. So how can we really accomplish all of those things? Well, 
we we must turn our our sights towards towards excellence and towards that striving um and and that's when we can find that that true freedom to live out um our work-life balance and live out our relationship with God within that. So those are just some intro thoughts. Of course, as always, we invite anyone to the stage um, who wants to share or ask questions or talk about their own experience with this. Um, but Christopher, in the meantime, I will turn it back to you. Thank you. Thank you very much for that, Erin. I, I totally agree with everything you have said. And I, I caught something in what you said that might seem like a contradiction from what we discussed last week. If you think about it, uh, Aaron, last week we were talking about professionalism and we were talking about striving for human perfection. Uh, but I, I, I'm always, I always use that term uh, and I, I learned it somewhere else, uh, but I always explain what it means. It only means doing the best that you can. Only God is perfect, but striving for excellence, like Aaron said, or for human perfection. It's, it's just doing the things to the best of our capacity. But the highlight word really is striving, working hard at it. And, and this is why I, I premise the topic of today with that, which is we might never actually get to a place where we have the, the ideal work-life balance that we know we should have, that God asks us to have. But that doesn't, it, that's not an excuse not to work hard at uh, attaining it. We need to have work-life balance. Why? Because that's the only way in which we will have an orderly life and a life that allows for us to have Christ at the center. That's why we need to have work-life balance. And in order to have work-life balance, and, and, and I, I'm going to continue to share some ideas, but at any point, Erin, anybody in the room, Please just jump in, raise your hand. We'd love to hear from any and all of you. Uh, but one thing that is very important, I think, is an understanding of the concept of leisure, an understanding of the concept of, of leisure. And, and this is not something that I uh, always knew about. This is uh, something that I, I learned only uh, recently when I read a book by Joseph Pieper, which is called Leisure, the Basis of Culture. And, and what Joseph says in his book, or, and, and this, is, this is a paraphrase, but uh, his message in the book is, leisure is an attitude of mind and a condition of the soul that fosters a capacity to perceive the reality of the world. Leisure has been and always will be the first foundation of any culture. And then he goes on to explain such beautiful concepts and the importance of leisure. Uh, but he, he makes it very clear that there are three areas uh, of life that are, are contained within this concept of leisure, and they're, they're very important for, for human uh, beings to thrive. So those are life of the mind, the spiritual life, and social life. Life of the mind is, is, is those times or places in our lives that occupy our thoughts, contemplation, just simply thinking, thinking, pondering about God, maybe contemplating creation, just when we are just lost in thought. We need that. Grabbing a book, a good book, just taking the time to read a good book. Unfortunately, I know some people that never got around to, to develop the habit of reading. Well, today we have audiobooks, right? And there are so many, so many other ways to, to, to just ponder about the beauty of the world that God made. The spiritual life 
conforms the time that we're spending in worship and adoration, just just what we're doing when we're praying, when we're talking to God, when we're relating to God and the saints, right? Uh, and the social life, of course, involves our family, involves friendship, involves all of those festive times of our lives, birth dates and anniversaries and all of the different ways in which we celebrate life. All of these are so important. And, and I, I want to take a pause to, to welcome into the room all the new people that I see joining. Uh, I forget who joined first or later. So welcome again, Paul, Kelly, Norma, Christopher, Belinda, Elizabeth, Cecilia, Lauren, Dan, again, Dr. Molly, Alex, Graham, Chris, Carlos, Adika, and Lisa. Uh, welcome to the room and, and welcome. And, and you are welcome to share with us as well as soon as you, you like. If you go now into our Telegram group, and you'll find the link in my bio and Erin's bio. You will see the image of the week, and you will see also some family photos that we shared this week. And we invite all of you to share some family photos. Belinda, I know you're part of that group. Maybe you can. Sh and Paul, I see you. I see you in the group. Oh, Paul, what a beautiful photo. I'm just looking at the Telegram group right now, and I see two photos of Paul and one of uh, one of uh, Brian Rosario. Though Brian, I don't think Brian, uh, Brian is in the room. I don't see Brian in the room, but he did post his photo. So, Paul, would you mind coming up to the stage, Paul, and, and maybe telling us a little bit about that photo and describing it for those who are just listening and 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 share your thoughts with us, Paul. I know that I know you have something to say, my friend. And that's a photo. Of course, I'm looking at it. It's a photo of of Paul um, getting married. I believe this is his uh, his wedding day. So, uh, and Brian Rosario, he has just joined us. And also, Brian just shared a photo. Uh, Brian, of course, is a good friend. He's an old friend, not because he's old, but because we've been friends for a while. Uh, so welcome, Brian. But each of you, I know you share, have shared some, some photos. photos. Oh, there we go. There we go. Yes, Brian, welcome to, the, welcome to the stage. Will you share with us a little bit about the photo you shared with us within the context of the topic of today, work-life balance? Well, as, as you can see, um, Disneyland is the perfect work-life balance, right? <laughs> with all the with all the stresses that we have at in work and and what we're dealing with um, for us, our family. My my oldest boy's four, just turned four, and my youngest is turning two next month. My wife's full time; um, she's an epidemiologist. So, I mean, our our lives are stressful that's my term stressful in terms of just balance and everything but that photo is just us at disneyland a couple weeks ago celebrating my oldest birthday so definitely definitely uh something that we have to do for each other brian thank you for sharing that it's a beautiful photo and I, I love it I, I always watch the photos you post of your family you have a beautiful family brian would you tell share with us a little bit um what you do in life to to strive for work-life balance. And I, I started the room by saying that there's not an expectation that anybody here can say, oh, I have the perfect work-life balance, right? We're talking about working hard at it, trying to have, you know, some people might have a beautiful work-life balance, others might not. But the idea is that we're all trying, we're all striving to make, uh, to, to place Christ at the center, make time for family and prioritize that, and also do the best that we can at work. How do you do it personally, Brian? Well, uh, why don't I give an example of what our lives have been the last, I'd say, four months. Um, my wife, 
she, like I said, she's an epidemiologist, but she's also commissioned um, with the United States Public Health Service. So two about four months ago, she was gone for two months straight working with the unaccompanied children down in Texas. Now, that it, that puts strain on families um, because now I became a single dad for two months, raising our two boys, making sure that I'm there for them, not only you know, taking them to school and getting them ready for the day, but also the playtime, the, the, the reading of the book time and all that. But if I'm not doing that, my wife is stressed doing the job she's doing. And, and so that's where I think for us, you know, we were very focused on making sure that the boys are, are where they need to be. And I'm doing that while, while she's doing the great work that she was doing in Texas. Um, what we did to, to make sure that we had family time and, and living with Christ is on Sundays, we would, we would all get on to our virtual mass. Uh, we're part of, uh, St. Monica here in Santa Monica, uh, parish. So, we, we made sure that we still, we, we were, we were, you know, still had mass and that time together. Um, we would FaceTime at the same time. So we were participants at the same time. And, you know, and then on her return, we, we made sure that we had some time that we would able to, we were able to get away for a weekend and, and do some things. And then on the flip side, um, as a basketball college basketball coach, July's are our heavy days or a heavy, heavy month where I've been gone the last seven days. I'm home right now for about six days and then I leave for another six. Um, so again, it's just flip flops. You know, if, if, if my wife isn't able to do what she does for our boys and, and doing exactly what I did when she was gone, then, then my life or, or my work life balance is, is a little skewed because now I'm worried about home instead of, you know, doing what I need to do for, for my job on the road. So I don't know if it's always let's, let's have, or I think work-life balance always goes to leisure because I think we assume we are stressing at work or work's taking our lives away from Christ and, and away from each other. But I also think that in order to do the work that we've all signed up for, you really have to have the balance from your partner when you are away. Yes, absolutely, Brian. I, I agree 100%. For those of us who have the vocation of marriage, I know Erin uh, would agree with us. It's it's a team, it's a team effort, right? And and we need to uh, we need to find a way to 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 keep a balance in life, keeping Christ at the center, prioritizing family life, and then still trying to to do the best that we can at work. And 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 I know that with my wife, we definitely try to. Uh, uh, complement each other on our strengths and weaknesses. And whenever somebody maybe it's a little, uh, r- receives a little more demands or requirements from work, uh, the other person steps in and, and, and try to spend a little more time with the children. So very similar to what you're describing. I would love to hear from Paul, uh, who has shared some beautiful photos in, in our group. Go ahead, Paul. Hey, guys. So I actually have to admit that, that this is probably one of my weaker points. Um where it's not particularly easy to, to, to make time for leisure. Um, so what we've done, my wife and I, uh, is we actually plan out our, we try to plan out our next two months in detail. So to say we, we have, you know, um, blocked out like, you know, a full, you know, either mornings, middle afternoons or, or, or evenings for activity or leisure. Um, 
I think that just comes from, you know, my wife's tendency to be a planner and finding peace and knowing what's ahead. Um, and uh, so I think that part was just the, the desire to plan those out. Among those times, of course, is to include almost a full-on blocking of, of Sundays from, from any, like, major activities, um, except, for, except for going to Mass. And often we make time after Mass to um, enjoy uh, fellowship with our parishioners uh, as well. Uh, we're lucky that there's a cafe nearby where most of us congregate to. And those for the last, like, maybe half year, um, as people are weaning back into, you know, being more, uh, um, uh, going back to public spaces, uh, the group has grown uh, larger and larger. Uh, so I think that's probably the best I can I can add so far. And I'm done speaking. Let me tell you. I think it's a struggle for everybody. This is uh, finding work-life balance. It's, it's a struggle. Not, not everybody uh, is there right now. And those who are there, so I was saying those who uh, maybe are at that place, because some people are. I, I do have friends that, that I see them and, and I ask them and they say, yes, I, I feel that at this point I have attained a pretty good work-life balance uh, schedule, routine, uh, rhythm. And I know that I have at some points in my life, and sometimes I do better than, than others, but I, I, I am convinced that it's a struggle, just like many other aspects of our lives. The, I think the importance is in recognizing the need to struggle, not to give up, not to just say, oh, whatever, this is just, this is the world, this is the modern world, what am I going to do? Let's just run with it. No, we should struggle to, to have and continue to work hard at attaining that work-life balance that is necessary, right? And, and we have several people who have joined us on the stage, so we would love to hear from Dr. Molly. Dr. Molly? Thanks, Christopher. Um, one of the things that strikes me about finding work-life balance, I'm a pediatrician, I work full-time, I've got kids, I've got a spouse, my kids are grown up now, is that creating a work-life balance requires um, the willingness and the self-love to set boundaries for myself. And, you know, there's a, there's, there are several places, you know, obviously along the way where Christ reminds us that we are to love our neighbor as ourselves. And if we don't love ourselves enough to set boundaries, to give ourselves that time that we may need to fuel ourselves, to recharge, to um, create um, a fullness in ourselves, it makes it very hard to love our neighbor. And we see that in the, you know, our, our lack of patience or our, our, how quickly we become frustrated, whether it's with our spouse or with our children or with our coworkers, when we do feel that imbalance in our life and our work. And so, successfully setting boundaries is an important component of work-life balance. And when I talk with moms, I'm a pediatrician, when I talk with parents in, you know, in the office, often I hear parents kind of, you know, talking about the fact, well, I can't, I don't have the time. How can I carve out time for myself when I'm working and I've got the kids and, and, you know, there's this guilty feeling if you do sort of create this little 
time for yourself and um, shifting that lens to recognize that not only are you um, serving yourself, which you are in creating that boundary to create some space to fuel yourself and recharge yourself, but it's, it's in order to better serve your neighbor, to love your neighbor as yourself requires that you take care of yourself in a very whole and complete way, that the Holy Spirit is inside you, that you are the temple, that you are God's child, and that, um, that definition, that wholeness for you is something to be protected and taken care of. And that uh, mindset for me was important as I found the, the push-pull of work, of life, of being a parent and being a spouse, you know, all, you know, created tension in my, in my work-life balance. And um, remembering that allowed me the confidence to, to set aside time every day to uh, fuel myself. So I yield the mic, but that's what I wanted to add. Thank you, Dr. Molly. I am so glad that you brought brought up the the boundaries uh, concept because it's such a uh, such an essential part of the conversation, right? The, the boundaries. I, I I know in my own life, I'm sure everybody knows what the, their boundaries are. I try to uh, only work Monday to Fridays, and uh, only up until five or six p.m. and then and then that's it. I really try to say no. And I work within. Um, I work for a, an independent Catholic nonprofit organization, but within the Catholic world, there's always something going on on weekends, and there are always activities and events in the afternoon, always, all the time. And, and so you really have got to learn how to say no. But it, it's not easy. It's not. It's not easy to do. But it's definitely boundaries is definitely uh, essential to the conversation. I agree with you, Dr. Molly. Lauren, welcome to the stage. Would you please share with us? Yes, thank you so much. Um, I, I was just going to kind of uh, go off of both Brian and Dr. Molly in that, you know, really coordinating with your spouse on a lot of things and feeling that peace of coordination once, you know, having having the family managed. Uh, for my situation, I have three small children. I work. My husband stays at home uh, full-time with our kids, full-time stay-at-home dad, and I travel a lot. And it's, it's true having that peace of mind, blessed to know that, you know, my spouse, my husband is there for them. But then I'll, alternately, whenever, you know, he has something going on, he has family, he has, um, you know, other activities, whether he's working there at the church, doing other things that, you know, I can support him in, in kind of tag-teaming. Um, so I think coordination of that, having a lot of trust uh, within each other, uh, and that's easily said, but to do, I know a lot of people struggle with um, releasing the parental, uh, you know, abilities. Basically, everybody parents similarly, but very differently. And so I think that was something that uh, each person, you know, perhaps somebody in the audience can hear that it's not easy to, to completely release like, okay, that's his parenting style, that's her parenting style, but to have that trust in each other and really relying through prayer and God and our marriage, you know, that's something that, um, you know, to, 
to, to talk through and to work through. It's not simple. It's not easy. Um, it does take a lot of work, like you said, Christopher. Um, but it does truly bring a lot of balance when, when one is working and the other one is home. One other thing I would like to add as well is really paying attention to the language that you use um, with each other among your family for work because my husband is working at home. He is working nonstop. Our children are small and young and they have a lot of needs. Um, and so really focusing on that language to not, um, to not demean either's position, um, that helps with the balance of being able to leave work at the door and come home to the home life work. Uh, if that makes sense. Um, so yeah, I just it, it's a great topic. Thank you so much for hosting the room. Um, I'm Lauren. I'm finished speaking. Thank you so much for sharing, Lauren. Um, yes, it is it is hard work, and, and we all work hard at it. So it's, it's great that we can share with each other what are strategies and, and, and the different ways in which we tackle the issue of work-life balance. And somebody who has thought about it, uh, very deeply, profoundly, and has written on the topic is my friend Belinda Mooney, who has also joined the stage. Belinda, please share with us. Hi, everybody. It's Belinda. Yeah, um, in the last three years since I came back into the work field, into my professional life uh, of social work, chemical dependency counseling, teaching, um, I've been teaching at LSC Montgomery. And before that, I was... Uh, homeschooling my children for many, many years. And so it's a new experience to come back. And part of what I've been doing uh, in my classes that I'm teaching is working with my students and myself on taking care of ourselves so that we don't, uh, so that we prevent and we don't burn, we don't burn out. We prevent burnout and we don't burn out, right? So, um, because when I first entered my field of social work after my master's degree. I worked for 10 years. And I tell you what, I felt like I was a horse out of the gate on a sprint run. And I was just just tracking, just pushing and driving. And I totally burned out to the point where I actually worked through mono. Like, you know, people that can't get up for two months. Well, I was checking all my depressing symptoms and I couldn't get out of bed, but I, I knew I wasn't depressed. I just couldn't understand. And after I had actually resigned from the job that I was working at and gone to take, you know, to see about myself, the doctor said, you've had a recent case of mono. And I'm like, oh, well, that's why I was praying for the angels to help me up for about a half an hour before I could get out of bed. <laughs> I'm telling you this. I'm sharing this so that you'll understand that I deeply, deeply understand all the way to the effects on my physical body of chronic fatigue all these years after all that stuff about what it is to live a life that's not balanced. And so as I came back into my field and I was teaching the basic counseling skills, I was understanding that the therapeutic lifestyle changes are so helpful to keeping balance in people's lives that even people who are depressed, if they're using these lifestyle changes correctly, that they might not have to go on depression meds. So I thought, oh, well, I'm going to help my students so that they don't burn out the way I did. So I started develop this, um, what I call it a template. It's now chapter four of the book that's out. I put it in our, um, um, in our clubhouse. Um, I think you mean our telegram space, Belinda, right? In the telegram space. Thanks, Christopher. Um, and so I, 
So I've now developed it to a point where instead of telling them out loud in the classroom and then them forgetting what I was talking to them about by the time they went to write it out, I've got it all written out how to do this. So the therapeutic lifestyle changes are things like, and I start with spirituality, because if we have our spiritual life in order, we have a lot of great Catholic saints like St. Teresa of Jesus, St. Teresa of Avila, we call her, uh, that wrote about how to just in a second, just go into a period of recollection and imagine God, uh, his majesty, she calls him in the castle deep within yourself. And you go there and you meet with him. And even when we're at work or we're working at from home, we can sit and just recall that his majesty is there deep within us. So it's things like this where every day, if we set out our plan of when we're going to meditate or when maybe every couple of hours, we're going to just have a little beeper or a, a timer on our, in our calendars, whatever that says, just recollect yourself, you know? And so what I do is um, I've been trying to help people to set these goals in a way that says, I will do this instead of I want to do this. Cause if you want to do it, that's something that's a dream. It's in your current status. I call it like it's where you are right now and what you'd like, but it's not really a goal because you didn't say I will, and you didn't give yourself a time frame, uh, you know, a time of day, etc. So I kind of help people in, in the book and, and in my, in my coaching to put them, put them into really um, specific words that say I will. So whether it's spirituality whether it is relationships, whether it's exercise. And one of the things I want to tell you about exercise that I found out through these TLCs is that exercise is as good for your brain as it is for your body. So if you're struggling with depression or anxieties, you're struggling with trauma from your past, there is so much you can do by doing the meditation in the morning and doing some form of exercise during the day, not too close to the evening, because it heightens your body's uh, immune system and it kind of kicks it into high gear and then you can't sleep at night. So all these things um, are things that I now practice. And I actually have a little steno pad because I'm so committed to these TLCs and I've written mine out and I'm helping everybody write theirs out that I am um, to the left-hand side, I have this long list of things that I want to do every day and creativity uh, which is the one I tend to leave out, I'll make sure that even if it's just that I'm coloring in a color book while I'm watching a movie at night with my family, I've done something creative that day if I didn't get to write because I'm doing a lot of writing right now. Um, and so anyway, I don't mean to take up too much of the time of the group, but there's so much I could tell you about. And in the beginning of the book, I list out all the wellness areas of the TLCs, but work, finances are one of those areas and how to found, find that balance. And I really appreciate what Dr. Molly said about setting boundaries, because really in every area of your life, not just work, but in every area, if you're finding that you're giving so much that you're exhausted and you're not able to refuel, like she said, then there is a need to set boundaries. And um, one of the things that I love now is that because I have my little checklist every day, so I've got all everything down, uh, go, coming down a column down the left-hand side and then going out to the right. I've got one through 23 on that page and I'll flip over and to the rest of the month. And I'm actually every day while I'm going to the back, looking down my list 
be whatever you're not done today. What do you need to do for yourself? What have you committed to yourself that you're going to do to keep your life in balance? And if several days in a row, I'm noticing I'm getting to sleep way too late. Um, I'm supposed to be to bed for 1030 because at 1030 to 12 o'clock time, which is another thing I learned researching things for this book, that 1030 to 12 is the best sleep we can get for our bodies in terms of the health producing effects on our brain and our body. And I didn't know that until I started researching this. This is a doctor researcher who's done this research. And um, so now I try to get to bed by 1030. Well, I've been miss, missing, missing. It's 11, it's 1130. Oh my gosh, the night before last was like one o'clock because my children and I were having a very deep discussion. So that doesn't happen all the time. And like we're saying, we we have to be, um, what do you call it, um, gentle with ourselves whenever we can't meet all the goals that we've set. It's okay. We just begin again. This is from St. Francis de Sales. He said, anytime you fall, you just dust yourself off and you begin again. And I, I like to think of that, that part in the Passion where Mary Magdalene is dragging herself on her stomach toward Jesus, you know, when they were going to stone her to death and, and he was there and they were leaving. And her hand is reached out and, oh my gosh, that's me so much of my life reaching my hand out to Jesus because I know as soon as I grab his hand, he's going to lift me back up. So if we just begin again, if we know we're supposed to be eating correctly and we're not, um, we, we start again. The next meal, we eat to our portions and not excess. If we think we have a problem, then we see somebody, a nutritionist who specializes in eating disorders or a therapist like there's just all kind of resources that we have to help ourselves that most people just don't know about. And I'm actually working right now on a Catholic edition of the TLC, of my TLC workbook um, that will include a lot more resources for Catholics specifically. So, so I would ask you all to pray, uh, pray f- for me about this project and that if you have any questions even after this workshop and you want to get in touch with me um i sent i have my email in there and you can get in touch with me um personally if you want to talk to me and i'll talk to you about this stuff because absolutely um, belinda thank you my friend thank you i i I saw that you placed the link on the on the telegram uh space that we created i repeated i'll repeat something several times throughout through our conversations. So we, we, for this room, which means every Thursday at 9 a.m. for one hour, 9 a.m. Pacific, we also have a Telegram group that we have created so that we can continue the conversation and share resources. And Belinda has been so gracious as to uh, share the link, the direct link to, uh, to find the, the excellent book that she wrote on just and this very same topic, um, work-life balance and God, God at the center of it, of course. And and I love that you mentioned uh, all of this, that you gave us all of these Catholic references, Belinda, because, because I think Jesus, as is often the case, Jesus is the perfect example, the perfect role model for all of these. And this is why he came down to earth to show us how to live, how to live a life well-lived. Because when our Lord was here on earth, when he was walking among us. Uh, When it was time to work, he worked very hard. He worked very hard. When it was time for leisure, he enjoyed the company of his family and friends. And and the scriptures gives us so many examples of this, right? Like the wedding at Cana. Cana. 
And, and when it was time to pray, he certainly didn't neglect the time that he needed to talk to his father and, and just be uh, all, on, all by himself in prayer. It's so important. And, and we talked about uh, the plan for spiritual life at some point here during, during our meetings. But it's so important that we, we really plan for our prayer life, that we make it a point to have a plan so that every week and every day, God is part of our day, part of our week, part of our lives. And, and I see that Kelly has joined the stage, so, so we would love to hear from Kelly now. Go ahead, Kelly. I don't know if any of you have um, read the readings for today, but I, I, I reviewed them this morning, and um, just in light of this conversation and the work-life balance, it's that reading from the gospel that says, Come to me, all you who labor and are burdened, and I will give you rest, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So in all things, you know, I think that that's just reminding us that we can lean upon the Lord because he will, he will take away our burdens and, and make our yoke easy. And that's all I wanted to share. So I'll yield the mic. Thank you, Kelly. But I'd like you to stay with us for a second more. Would you share with us how do you personally strive to attain work-life balance, keeping Christ at the middle in the center? Well, first of all, I, I I do try to always pray the rosary on my own, and I've been leading a rosary um, room on Clubhouse at um, 1 o'clock um, Eastern Standard Time each day. So I've been praying the rosary and just trying to, when I, when I leave work, just set it aside and focus on my family or... Um, task that I need to do when I get home because I can't I can't do anything about work while I'm at home so just trying to make sure that I focus on those people as much as I do on my work when I am at work sometimes it's more difficult than others and you know it, it's hard to sometimes leave those things behind and usually you know it involves prayer prayer for the strength to do so strength, uh, strength to have the patience to deal with my family members after I've been at work all day and planning and executing leisure time to be with them. There And there it is, the planning again, Kelly. Thank you for sharing that. We, we certainly cannot expect for everything to come into balance if we don't really take the time to plan for it a little bit, to, to really just a few seconds, minutes, whatever it takes. Uh, I, I of, often do these things with pen and paper at hand and really think about my week and really think about the day and really think about what my duties and obligations are and what is my spare time and, or when can I make time and, and certainly make sure that we are making time and planning on time with God and plan uh, on time with our playing on time with with our families. One question that might be helpful is the following: Somebody asked this once, and I thought it was genius. So, when you ask people uh, what should be the order of priorities in life, and give them the following three areas of life: God, uh, work, and family. Most people will reply, "Well, the order of priorities should be God first, family second, work." Uh, third and of course friends friends are, are let's, let's just put friends uh, along there with family right but so among the three areas uh, God 
work and 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 family, most people would say that the first one that the one that comes to uh, comes first is God, and the second one is family, and the third one is work. Most people will have that answer ready to go. However, if you follow up that question with, is that reflective in the times and in the hours that you spend with God, with your family, and at work throughout the day and throughout the week? Is that what you're living? Does your life uh, really represent what you believe if you say you consider those to be that to be the order of priorities. When we are true to ourselves and we, we think about our lives, I can say, I can be the first one to raise my hand and say that very often my life is not reflecting that order of priorities in which I believe. So uh, th- that's what I wanted to share with regards to that. But at this point, we're getting close to an end. So I would like to invite Erin to come back and, and share with us that, that great summary that she always has for us at the end of our meetings. Erin? Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay, so, gosh, I am so grateful for everyone who came on to the stage today because you all had so much uh, good, great things to share. And, of course, as always, I learned a lot. So thank you, everyone, for being here today. Um, okay, so let's talk about what was discussed during our conversation. Um, Christopher started us by um, sharing actually what he just shared right now. Um, it, our priorities, God, family, and work. Um, those are, he, you know, he just covered everything right now, but um, those are the priorities that many of us um, have and should have. Uh, he also shared that perfectionism or being perfect is actually just doing the best that you can um, and referred to our uh, one of our previous conversations on Clubhouse that we talked a little bit more about what it really does mean to be perfect. So thank you for clarifying and sharing that, Christopher. Um, again, Christopher shared that work-life balance allows us to keep Christ at the center. Um, how true that is, and it sounds like based on a lot of the things that were talked about today, um, a lot of you do that. <laughs> you all have a, a really great way of going about how you balance your work and your life, and it does allow you to indeed keep Christ at the center. So I'm um, so glad we were able to dive more into that. Um, Christopher, you shared a book with us. I think you said it's called Leisure, The Basis of Culture. Um, that would be great if you could share that link in our uh, Telegram group, which I'm sure you will, but um, I think many of us would be um would benefit from uh, looking more into that book and seeing if that would be something that we could read for ourselves. Um, I think this was from the book. You mentioned that um, a th- three things that I think that this book talks about, life of the mind, spiritual life, and social life. So it sounds like it uh, breaks down some aspects of each of those things, um, which all sounds wonderful, probably something I should read. <laughs> Um, you mentioned something, Christopher, you said there is a, there is a need to struggle. And I think it was in the context of, of we, a lot of us, we, well, we all at, at one point or another or several points, um, struggle to, to find that balance, find this work-life balance that we've talked about, um, this entire time. And there's a need for that struggle because we are, we know that in it, we're striving for goodness, but we're not always going to succeed at it, uh, all the time. So I really like how you uh, defined that 
part of it that there is there is a need for that struggle and that's okay there that's that's a good thing um Dr. Molly, you shared a lot of great things with us. Um, One of them was that creating a work-life balance requires the willingness and self-love to set boundaries. Um, There was a lot of talk about boundaries today. I'm so glad that that was part of this conversation because it is, they are so important. I am learning that time and again in my life. Um, (laughs) Right now is one of those times, but uh, definitely we, we have to have the the willingness and the love enough for ourselves to set boundaries so that we can take care of ourselves too that that's important um it's goes back to that little airplane analogy that um we always hear you know when you are when there's an emergency on the airplane and the oxygen masks drop you put yours on first and then you put yours on your kid or, or whoever um, is in need of help next to you so we have to take care of ourselves before we can take care of others so thank you dr molly for um, sharing that in in other words <laughs> um, you also shared that when there is an imbalance Um, It's easy to have a lack of patience and be easily frustrated. And I think you gave a couple more examples, but um, how true that those those two things and probably some others that you either listed or that many of us have experienced um, definitely is an indication that there is an imbalance. Um, And it's good that we have those warning signs so that we can correct um, our ourselves and correct our the way that we spend our time in our lives so that we can re-attain that balance. Um, Dr. Molly, you also shared uh, to love your neighbor as yourself requires you to take care of yourself. I think that was a direct quote. Um, it goes back to what you had shared earlier about um, that willingness and, and self-love to um, to set boundaries and, and to make sure that we are taking care of ourselves um, in those cases and, of course, in, in many others. So thank you for talking about all of that. That is, like I said, so crucial for this conversation. Um, Lauren, you shared your own experiences, and we thank you so much for that. Um, you talked about how working as a team with your spouse is very important for work-life balance, and you gave us some examples from your own life. So thank you for talking about that. Of course, we at the beginning of this conversation and we're sharing our family photos in the telegram group and talking about this importance of family and how it um is is quite honestly the pinnacle of of this discussion of work-life balance you know many of the things that we do or don't do have everything to do with the decisions we're making for or because of our families so thank you for discussing the importance of of being a team with your spouse because that is so crucial for this topic. Um, Belinda, you shared so many great things with us. I tried to capture as much of it as I could. Um, one of the things that you started off with was um, sharing your own experience, of course, and we thank you for that. And you talked about how imbalance can have physical and mental effects on our bodies, um, how true that is. And I know many of us in this room have experienced that. So, Thank you for um, bringing that to light. You talked about goal setting. And when you're working with your students, you make sure that they're using the words I will versus I want to because I will means that you will actually do it. But I want to doesn't always mean that. So important when we're um, talking about this topic because goal setting is definitely part of it. And um, what is the point of goal setting if we're not actually going to achieve those goals and how we Um, speak those goals is so important and crucial. So thank you for sharing that. 
Um, that's that was a really good tidbit for me personally to take away too. Um, you said that exercise is as good for your brain as it is for your body. So true. Um, I'm sure many of us uh, have experienced both sides of that. Um, when there's a lack of exercise in our lives, maybe we notice <laughs> the difference it has. Um, and then when there is that um, exercise uh, as part of our schedules, we also notice the positive effects that it has. So thank you for sharing that. Um, you talked about being gentle. You said we must be gentle with ourselves and know that we can begin again. I think that is so important. Um, and I'm so grateful you said those words begin again, because I think many of us um, with certain personalities or characteristics, um, we tend to get really down on ourselves when um, things don't go our way or we, we think that we failed or, or things like that. But being gentle and knowing that we can start over or begin again, as you said, um, is, is so crucial in, in that mindset shift in, and so that we can um, re-achieve or achieve, again, um, work-life balance. So thank you for using that um, phrase. That's very helpful. Uh, Christopher, you finished us off by talking about uh, Christ's life. And I'm so glad that you mentioned these very specific things. You said it was when it was time to work, Jesus worked, and he worked very hard, as we all know. When it was time to rest or, or engage in leisure, that's exactly what he did. He rested and um, engaged in leisure. When it was time to pray, he prayed. Um, so again, as we always share in this group, Jesus gave us um, the most perfect models of all of these things that we discuss in this room. And I'm so glad, Christopher, that you shared those um, particular examples from his life. So lots and lots of good things today. That was one of the longest summaries I've ever given. So Christopher, I will turn it back over to you. But thanks again, everyone. This was an awesome conversation. Thank you for that, Erin. And we're going to close it up, uh, wrap it up now. We meet every week every Thursday at 9 a.m. Pacific time here on Clubhouse. So I hope that you will all join us if you join for the first time uh, next week. Actually, we're going to carry on the conversation. This was a good topic. We do this from time to time. Every week we choose a different uh, subtopic within the overarching theme of Catholic leadership for civil society. But uh, work-life balance with Christ or God at the center it's, uh, it's definitely important enough to take it on uh, next week as well. So we will continue the conversation, hopefully bring new perspectives and even resources uh, as well. Uh, so please follow Erin and me. I also invite you to keep the conversation going in our Telegram group, where you can also find the image of the week every week. Find the direct link in Erin's or in my profile here in our bios here on Clubhouse. Also, don't forget to join the Catholic Professionals Club here on Clubhouse. Join us live on Clubhouse Thursdays at 9 a.m. Pacific. If you like what you heard today, listen to it again or share it with your friends and family uh, throughout the week because we also publish a podcast and you can find it on all platforms. Just look for Catholic Leadership for Civil Society and you will find this conversation recorded in there. Remember, this is an invitation to step into the leadership role that God has for you in civil society. Why? Just look at the world. Look at everything that's going on in America right now. Because if not now, when? And if not us, who? Have a wonderful day and a blessed week. <laughs>